Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and that tickle on your back. It's probably a spider. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, the magic of love, witches in the news, and a spell for magnetism. Good. I started taking like pole dancing lessons and great workout. Very fun. What you don't realize though is how fucking bruised up you get. Oh no. So let me, I need to send you this picture. Do you have your phone on hand? Yes, I do. Of my foot. Show me a little gorgeous bruised peach. I am literally like, I'm a little peach. I get bruised every, I'm more of a banana, honestly. What was it? Hemophilia? (laughs) I think I have low iron. Oh my God. What the hell is this? I know. So that's in the pole? Yeah, because you have to like wrap your foot so that the top of your foot is touching the pole because you need like these points of friction to keep yourself up. Uh And so the class is only an hour long. And there's a point probably 40 minutes in where I just can't do anything anymore because I'm so bruised in that place. Is that crazy? Baby witches, this is the top of her foot. It is maimed. (laughs) And there's no way you can really cushion this because I feel like there's no, it's just skin and bone. Yeah. There's no real like muscle or like fat that could possibly protect you from this. And you need the skin, like you can't do it with socks on or anything. Like we can't even wear leggings. It needs to be like shorts and then like tank top and barefoot. So they need it. Are you having fun? It is a good time. But then I just forgot, like, I haven't done anything that's made me bruise in so long. And then it just made Mm -hmm. me forget how easily I bruise. And Marcel was like, okay, well, ask the teacher, like, what can you do about it? Is there anything you could, like, mitigate it or bruise less? And this motherfucker's like, oh, yeah, your body just gets used to it. And you just don't bruise anymore. And I was like, not my body. My body keeps the score. (laughs) I am only going to be a bruise. She's got released trauma in her fucking ankles. Exactly. So I think I'm going to keep pursuing it, but it might turn into like just a winter sport for me. Because once Mm -hmm. it's real short season, it's like, it's aggressive. All the bruises on my body. Like that's not even, that's one. There's like People will be worried about you exactly they'll be like are you safe are you okay you can tell me you can trust me blink twice blink twice oh that's devastating but also i'm really proud of you what so how many classes have you been to two okay but i can definitely tell by the second class i am stronger than the first class so i'm already seeing understanding things and like able to like keep myself up on the pole for longer Mm -hmm. but It's not easy. So there is a learning gap, hurdle. I don't know, but I'm working on it. It's fun. It's been fun. That's good. Yeah. How have you been? 
I've been good. You know what I learned recently? What'd you learn? So I guess like the past two uh, episodes, I'm going to be talking about my mom a lot. You know what Tammy's doing this weekend? What's she doing? Taking trapeze classes. Okay. Wait, like what is like trapeze? trapeze? Is that like Up the tightrope? It's like you're hanging from things and you flippity floop and you grab onto other things. She's taking trapeze classes. Her life insurance must be great. So this is my fan theory about mm -hmm. Tamara, is that her husband is retiring in 2024. She's got one more year yeah. of really good insurance. Mm -hmm. So I think she's trying to get all of this. She's like, let's fuck it up. Yeah, she's like, whale watching. I'm sure very dangerous. I couldn't think of another activity. <laughs> She's so landlocked in Texas, but Will <laughs> diving was the one you thought of. It, it, it's so funny. My mom, from my perspective, retired pretty early. Probably it feels like forever ago, three, four years ago at like the very beginning of 60. And she had her own business. She was like a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. And since then, like they recently went on a trip to Cancun where my mom was like, there is a foam party. With the foam cannons. Oh, that's awesome. It's like when people retire, there are some people that like get really into like their craft. And she does that. She, you know, she crochets. Some people get really into gardening. She does that. Some people like just want to be alone or they like volunteer or whatever. She's trying to get into like the local theater scene. Mm -hmm. And then people, you know, they're like, I'm going to travel around the world and do crazy shit. My mom was like, I'm going to do all of it. Good for her. I'm going to fucking snorkel. With the fucking mermaids. I'm going to fucking kiss the Blarney Stone. I'm going to go to New Orleans and kiss a stranger. Yes, do it. It's fucking nuts. And so just as we're kind of riding this January, February wave of loving Tammy. Mm -hmm. Heck. And idolizing her. And um, really just wanting to like harness her energy. So yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm over here like I work 10 hours a day. <laughs> I got spreadsheets. But one day you could be a trapeze artist too. I could. You could. Well, maybe one day you and I can do a show and it's one half pole dancing, one half trapeze. The other half, which yes. <laughs> <laughs> one half blood magic. Oh, yes. I love this. It sounds dangerous. Yeah, but that's like the fun, sexy part of it. But before we get into it, we just got to shout out the Patreon. 100%. So baby witches. Our Patreon has over 30 hours of extra content and over 75 extra episodes. And the reason that we are creating all of this content, not for our own benefit. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe for our own benefit. So right now, Alicia and I are, are recording remotely. Mm -hmm. We're doing so with like the equipment that we have right now. But what we're trying to do is save up for better remote recording equipment because Alicia and I are going to be bi-coastal in really just a few months, not a couple months. Star-crossed lovers. Honestly, Romeo and Juliet. Rom Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Romeo and Julian. Simba and Nala. What, right? Simba and Pumbaa. <laughs> so we're trying to save up for new recording equipment. And to do that, we're trying to get to a certain number of Patreon subscribers. Things that you should look forward to, last week we did the first six months of astrology. I'm sure you've been hearing all about it, but Alicia did an amazing deep dive, especially into the moon cycles, which I feel like not a lot of people spend time on. And next week we're going to do the last six months. And then after that, 
oh, we're getting into some dark, heavy witchcraft. Ooh. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. It's a great place to be. Head to the Patreon. If you're not there yet, where have you been? What are you sleeping on? Get with it. It's only $5. It's January. You have so much ahead of yourselves. And then with that, let's talk. Okay. I want to talk about love. Love. Love Who magic. Was your first love? Truly, honestly. Well, I don't know. I would have very passionate crushes that I think yeah, should that's... count as love. Yeah, they do. My first crush was this guy named Tucker. And what a Midwest sounding name. Tucker mm -hmm. in Indiana in kindergarten. That was very fleeting. My second crush, though, was like in first grade, and his name was Axel. And I oh. was like, oh my God, this kid, gorgeous. I was like the Tina Belcher until no, like two years ago, probably. That's impossible. You were so <laughs> cute as a kid. You were an adorable kid. We have the pictures to prove no, it. No, I mean Tina Belcher and like obsessed. Just being like, oh, yes, that hot ass that I'm never <laughs> going to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> that was my vibe. I love it. So that's who I would what, consider. What did you like about him? Well, also, Axel is a very sexy It's a very name sexy name. For a kindergartner, first grader. Um, I think he shared really well like he was always down to share and he was nice and I think he was like fun at recess mm -hmm. these were like important I was in first grade I don't know how to read or write at this point but I am in love <laughs> passionately I was like this is my man you know mm -hmm. I'm ready to say I do I know I was like wedding bells that's all I could hear what about you first love so Daniel Barrett was probably like the first crush that I was like super cognizant of. This was in kindergarten and he was from Alaska. Oh, okay. And I remember vividly the day How that exotic. I came across him. I know. I was like, so pale. <laughs> of course, I'm growing up in California, so I'm like bronze. Yes. I play soccer. Oh. I have a pool. Like I am a caramel. I love that. So when I first met Daniel Barrett, I was the kind of kid that always got to school first. So I was always in the front of the line. And it was very important to me to be in the front of the line. Mm. And Daniel Barrett, probably because he was on a different time zone because he was from Alaska, got to the line at the kindergarten class before me. They're all like those uh, trailers, right? It's all outside. Yeah. So... This person, who I don't recognize, because we're well into the semester, and I've clocked all of my fellow <laughs> kindergartners. You're, like, choosing who to nap next to and everything. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm like, uh, I'm not sharing with you. Uh, I'm not playing pretend mermaids with you. I was furious. I'm four. Mm -hmm. Furious that this person was not only in front of me, but was in the wrong line. Because I didn't recognize them. And I spent the full, it felt like an hour, but it was probably 15 minutes being like, I'm not going to say anything, but this motherfucker is in the wrong fucking line. And it really fucking fucks with my little brain that they would even try to usurp me, the wow. greatest girl. She loves rules. She loves structure. And so we get in 
Capricorn Moon, I get mm-hmm. into my classroom and my kindergarten teacher, Miss Pendleton, was like, here's our new student, Daniel Barrett. And I, the Lose sweat it. that came off of my <laughs> brow, my tiny four-year-old brow was like, I really like dodged a fucking bullet because I would have looked like such a huge bitch. Yeah. If I had been like, you don't belong here. If you bullied this little Alaskan kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There would be no coming back from that. Your whole life trajectory would have changed. Oh, I would have been like, no, now I'm the mean girl. And You're then the mean girl. would expect that of me. And then I'd have to perform that. The other crush that I had in kindergarten was this blonde boy that I felt like looked like Justin Timberlake. Ooh. And I got invited to his baseball party. Oh. But... He was being bullied, small, blonde, small mm-hmm. blonde boy. He was being bullied because he did his eights, uh, his number eights. Instead of doing like the figure eight, mm-hmm. he did two circles on top of each other. And people were like, you don't belong. Shame, <laughs> shame, shame. Go back to where you came from. No, they were like, you're doing it wrong. And I literally, I'm a hero, mm-hmm. smack my hand on the table you smack the other kid across the face and i said he could do his eights however he wants mind your business wow then i got invited to that birthday party you didn't get invited no then i got invited oh then you got invited i was like i thought you got uninvited and he's like i don't need a girl to stand up i don't need (laughs) to protect me she's so aggressive she's so mean well damn you should have like laid your move out i know could lock that one down. I'm like, do you want to play some Pokemons? Oh. Do you want to pretend to be mermaids? <laughs> All these sound great to me. So we had one Valentine's Day episode and it was about sex magic. So now we're focusing on mm-hmm. love magic. So what do you think the difference is between love and sex magic? If we're drawing a line. I would say that sex magic seemed to me, just via my research, that sex magic seemed to be about like the body and conjuring something through the act of having sex and love magic seemed to be more about like attracting love Mm -hmm. and like almost capturing love. So sex magic was like a generative thing and love magic seemed to be like a consuming thing. Magnets. Just using magnets all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much what I found from research too, because I asked you this question, but I looked it up beforehand because I was like, (laughs) I got to know the answer. But yeah, sex magic is more like the physical being of the body too and using the body, you know, period blood that comes from the body, all that good stuff. And then love magic is more like bringing the love to you or bringing the love Mm -hmm. to someone else. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. And it's a more, I mean, you can still use love magic as a bad make this person fall in love with me even though they're happily married something like that but it seems like it's more kind of like pure and nice and it's like the idea of love instead of sex magic where it's like we gonna fuck yeah it it definitely feels like less active and like love magic seems like softer Mm -hmm. you know like a more passive kind of magic agreed agreed and so let's talk a little bit about the history of love Magic. Love magic. Of course, like all magic, it's been around for a fucking long time. Long, long time. Oh, people have been love forever. It's kind of like the moment people fell in love, 
there was some kind of ooky pooky voodoo magic involved, you know? Exactly. So the second that love was invented by Dr. Herschel Strange Love Walker, I think that there was unrequited love. Mm-hmm. And that is what, you know, kind of propelled like the desire for love magic to make things happen. And yeah, and archaeologists have found written love spells dating all the way back to 2200 BCE. So this one was found in Iraq. But it's like, that's so long ago. Like, that's even before, like, ancient Greeks and Romans. Like, poof, that's back. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it makes a lot of sense. And we'll talk about, we're not really getting, I have, like, two more examples. But we're not getting, like, this is the full laid out history of love magic. But we're just kind of, like, talking about love magic. But so much of love magic, I feel like, was initiated mostly by women. Mm-hmm. And you're also, you're trying to find someone in most of these cases have no rights or very close to no rights. Nothing, you know. Few mm-hmm. cases, it's like, okay, great. I have a a cave. <laughs> cool property. <laughs> great. Good time. It's like, oh, I have a journal. Yeah, I own right. things. I have agency. <laughs> a cat comes to me at night sometimes. <laughs> and I feed it fish. And I feed it what little fish I have. But so much of it is like, okay, well, I need to lock down most likely a man who can protect me, who I can bear offspring from and have like a reason to live because there are very few reasons to live when you're fighting saber-toothed tigers, you know? (laughs) And so like you need someone to protect you or take care of you. And I feel like that's where a lot of love magic comes in. So sometimes there's, yes, I'm absolutely in love with them, but also like, no, no, no. I need that man to love me so that I can survive. (laughs) Which I totally get. That's pretty crazy. And so for the ancient Greeks, there are some love spells from a magical papyri dating back to ancient Greece that has been preserved in the archives of the British Library. And one of these spells instructs the user to take a seashell, write holy names with the blood of a black donkey, and recite a formula to attract the victim. The user should select the time to perform the ritual very carefully as the spell had an immediate effect. So these are, we're like, all right, we're killing animals. We're getting dirty with it. I don't know what the formula is. So don't kill a donkey because you're missing half the information. And then invoking deities for help with love magic was like another very common feature of love spells at this time. Especially a special invocation to Celine. Is it Celine or Selena? Do you know? I don't know. And I don't think she cares because they're both beautiful. That's fair. But like the moon goddess. And so one spell was addressing Selene as the mistress of the entire world, which Lux, that's how I want to be addressed. The user was instructed to make offerings to her by molding a mixture of clay, sulfur, and blood of a dappled goat into the figurine of a goddess and by consecrating a shrine made of olive wood, which would never face the sun. Which is <laughs> so very much like I am a witch living in a hole kind of behavior. <laughs> but as a result, Celine would send a holy angel who would drag the victim by their feet and hair to the user. So my man's coming because this fucking angel has grabbed them by the hair. The victims would be fearful and sleepless because of their love for the individual performing the magic. Success is guaranteed, is what it says as the power of the spell is strong, according to the papyrus. So that's really all you got to do to get a man. And he'll come kicking and screaming, and he'll be so (laughs) scared 
that he'll have to fall in love with you. You're the only thing that makes sense right now. Exactly. He's so scared and his boner is so huge. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those like angels in America, like the angel touches you and you immediately have an erection. Yeah. Yeah. I guess like I'm curious because it just asked for the blood of these animals. Could you just like, you know, take a little cut and abrasion really? Yeah, just like a little cut. How much blood do you need? I just like, I don't want to be killing any of these animals, but Mm -hmm, I do mm -hmm. love guaranteed results. Exactly. Also, I don't know how to find sulfur. Like, how do you find sulfur? Is it a rock? I think it's a rock. I mean, they had, Vesuvius was close-ish, relatively close. Maybe they just went to a volcano. That would make sense. It's like the stinky egg one, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Lots of questions. <laughs> I know this papyrus was not specific enough for anyone to actually do these spells. But you know what I do know mm-hmm. is that for our birthdays, we're going to the British Library. Ooh, and we're going to figure it out. There's an account of love magic in ancient China where this didn't end well, by the way. Oh. It was from the Empress Chen of Wu during the Han Dynasty. So during this time, Chen Jiao was married to Emperor Wu. You know, she loves him. He's the emperor. Fuck yeah. Leveled up. They tried many times to have a pregnancy, but it just didn't work out. At some point, Emperor Wu realized that having a baby with the empress, it's just not going to happen. Who knows why, but it's not happening. So he started courting concubines instead of Chen. So Empress Chen felt as if she was out of options because she loves this guy. She wants to have a baby. It's not happening. She goes around speaking to all these wise women about love and fertility spells. But the big problem was that witchcraft in the Han Dynasty was outlawed and anybody caught doing it would be put to death. But she's our girl. She's the protagonist of the story. So we're down with her, right? She's the hero. Yeah, she's going to use magic to get pregnant. It's the only thing she wants. It's her true heart's desire. Chen was then approached by a witch named Chu Fu, who claimed she had magical tricks that could help restore the emperor's love, as well as curse any concubines Empress Chen disliked. So this sounds like a witch that we dig. I love this. This is like what I want to be. We love it. Completely convinced by the witch, no doubts, no problems at all, Empress Chen conducted rituals with Chu Fu day and night. She drank potions. She created like nailed voodoo dolls of the emperor's consort. And she and Chu Fu slept together like husband and wife with Chu Fu dressed in men's garment. So I'm assuming they fucked. They put that in a very eloquent way. Yeah. I mean, that says to me that like at the very least, someone had an orgasm. Yes. Or they maybe pantomimed orgasm yeah maybe empress chen's association with chufu was soon discovered because you can't have a witch walking out of the empress's bedchamber that's ridiculous so chufu was arrested and executed by decapitation along with more than 300 other accused individuals what the fuck and Emperor Wu sentenced Empress Chen to house arrest at the Longgate Palace, where she lived out the rest of her life, like under house arrest, could not leave. Did he fuck her at least? Well, not for a bit, but Emperor Wu did have a child with the concubine. Like almost like immediately, oh. like boom, pregnant. 
So in this case, although it's an example, like a historical example of love magic being used, it did not really work out. But a nice little addendum to this story. It is said that Empress Chen hired a famous poet to compose a song called Ode to Longgate to get Emperor Wu's attention because she's stuck at this place. Like, she's out of options. This guy's not visiting her. She's basically in a beautiful, like, rich person jail, you know? (laughs) But apparently this song worked so well that Emperor Wu was, like, very touched by it. And he visited the Empress at the palace and fell in love with her all over again. So to conclude, maybe music is the love magic that we all actually need. That is so beautiful. It's so beautiful, but she never got to have her baby. So it's also, she was still under house arrest. For the rest of her life. For the rest of her life. But everyone else was dead. So (laughs) I don't know. Man, that fucking sucks. I know. You try to do one thing and you get 300 people killed by it. How ridiculous. Fuck. Okay, so, fuck. (laughs) To long for someone Mm -hmm. in that way. Oh, it's so devastating. It's very sad. Okay, well, so we're going to shift gears. We're going to move west. Okay. And I was very interested in how other people were kind of responding to, like, all of this love magic. We know in China, beheadings. Not good. We know in Europe, probably more beheadings. So we have a pretty solid snapshot of how Europe is feeling about love magic from the Malleus Maleficarum uh, That book. This uh, article called Women, Men, and Love Magic in Late Medieval English Pastoral Manuals, which was not as dry as the title would uh, allude to, but it's by Catherine Ryder. So Catherine is kind of like, there are two kinds of love magic. There's Eros magic, which is magic done to induce uncontrollable sexual desire, usually to seduce someone away from their existing spouse or family. So this is like, I need to fuck, but I need this specific person to fuck. I just can't go to any tavern. I just can't go to any emperor and fuck him. I need this specific person. And then there's philia magic. So that's magic that is meant to induce feelings of affection, romance, and while it might, maybe, if we're lucky, be a part, you know, you know, of this, like, kind of sexual energy, it's really more about love than lust. So that's kind of what our Empress Chen is thinking about. Yes. This is largely done by people trying to protect their existing relationships, ah, which is very interesting. Yeah, just like the Empress. How do we know all of this? Because of court documents. Oh, and how the Malia says to deal with it because people have been charged with this offense for millennia. So this is, I'm going to read directly from Catherine Ryder. So she says, towards the end of their notorious discussion of why women were more likely to be witches than men, the authors of the Malia Smalfakaram described how magic could be used to affect love and sex by, quote, diverting the minds of men to a regular love Ooh. and quote, impeding the procreative force. So, you know, these men that love fucking their homely ass wives, they're going to fuck a regular women, women with maybe one boob that's bigger than the other. I don't know. I don't know what a regular love is. Is it gay? Probably. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. She goes on. 
Not surprisingly, given the subject matter of the chapter, the people they describe as most likely to do this type of magic were women, especially women who were, quote, engaged in illicit sexual relationships, those who are more inflamed, they say, with the purpose of satisfying their base lustings, like adulteresses, female fornicators, and the concubines of powerful men. Okay, but I can understand the concubine. It's like... (laughs) Yeah, make him fall in love with me. I'm fucking rich. Duh. Exactly. Yeah. Get rid of this Lauren Topanga, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It does seem like this is more not about women just lusting over men. This is some idea of like how they can get some power. Yeah. I think that's what the people in the Malias are thinking these women are doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, they didn't think highly of women. They were witches. It's all political. They were witches and they were hot. (laughs) So we know that, on average, two-thirds of people who were charged and tried with witchcraft in medieval Europe were women. And women were drastically more likely to be tried for love magic than men. That's not saying it didn't happen. It totally happened. But women, they were like, I knows. (laughs) I knows a witch when I see one. So clergymen viewed erotic imagery and love magic to be entirely of the feminine realm. But I have a question, mm-hmm. which I'm going to answer. So don't answer for me. Okay, not answering. One of my questions was, was it really love magic? So Catherine Ryder makes actually a really great point that if you are, say, like a farmer mm-hmm. and you got dirty boots and you got ugly eyebrows and you got fucked up teeth, but you married your high school sweetheart. In the scenario, there's a high school in medieval Europe <laughs> and you're a married man and you've been with your wife for a bajillion years And you have a wet dream about the neighbor's 14-year-old daughter. And you are so ashamed. Good. As you should be. Mm -hmm. Fucking freak. You might accuse her of witchcraft. If you are a woman in a socially transgressive relationship, say with a member of the same sex, or um, you're the mistress of a wealthy landowner, and his wife finds out, you might be accused of witchcraft. So this whole idea of like, People, women, being accused of love magic more so than men, I don't think that necessarily means that women are doing more love magic. I think it's that we are so much more likely to blame women for our sexual feelings if we believe, if we are in a literal reality Mm -hmm. where like our clergymen are saying female fornicators, uh, adulteresses, pining after their base lustings, like these women are of the erotic nature. I also feel like it takes me to high school, kind of, and just all the crushes. And I feel like on average, girls will tell each other who their crush is before a guy would necessarily tell another guy. Oh. So if you just have this like free-flowing gossip, then it's kind of easier for someone to hear it and be like, well, it seems like she was lusting after you. When it's like, I'm 10, I'm lusting after everyone. I'm so fucking horny. I'm going to get my period <laughs> next year. And it's all over for you guys. I want Every single one. Pants. So bad. That's all I want. I just want to grow old with someone. Welcome to Witch Yes. Please grow old with me. <laughs> <laughs> and hold my hand. And I'm still down for love magic. I'm like, it sounds fun. It sounds sweet. You're not really going to get killed. Well, you're not going to get killed in the U.S. most likely. For doing love magic. <laughs> There's a big asterisk around that. But what are the ethics of doing this? Like, should we be making people 
who might not know we're in love with them, in love with us. But here's some questions you can ask yourself. Am I attempting to control an outcome involving someone else? Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Does this act interfere with their boundaries, consent, or free will? Maybe. Oh, I hope not. Oh. Is my nervous system activated by predatory spiritual capitalism marketing techniques? I I had to put that in there because I was like, Tara, what the fuck does that mean? Is my nervous system... I know, you have to break it down. So my, you know, my feelings, how I'm living in my body, my anxiety, activated by predatory spiritual capitalism marketing techniques. Okay, so mm-hmm. spiritual capitalism marketing techniques. That's like people being like... Call me now. Florida water. <laughs> Call me now. Yeah, it's, it's Florida water. It's like predatory spiritual capitalism says to me people being like if you do not buy this candle you are never gonna fall in love mm-hmm. so am i anxious already that if i don't do this thing if i don't purchase this thing if i don't engage in this magic i will not get what i want i'm never gonna get it that's what it says to me that makes sense so is someone kind of like planting these seeds in you yeah is someone pressuring you to like buy this voodoo doll or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Have I taken a moment to stop and invest in my own self-care and nourishment? Gotta love yourself before you love anybody else. That's what RuPaul says. Amen. And if you're in a relationship, have I asked my partner if this is okay? If you're trying to just like spice up your own relationship. Am I aware of the possible outcomes and am I ready to take responsibility for them? To which I'm like, this has to be some kind of bonkers sitcom situation here. Mm-hmm. And if you're working with someone, like you go to see a psychic or something, do I trust the person doing this energy work for me? What are their ethics? So these are all questions you should ask yourself. And I think a big one, because that very long, confusing question about your nervous system activated by predatory spiritual capitalism marketing techniques. I also think if you're in a state of mind where you're just like really sad right now, Like you just, you really want someone and you're miserable about it. Maybe this isn't the time for you to do it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's like the way it is for a lot of magic. Mm -hmm. Nothing should be born out of anxiety and fear. Exactly. That's a homunculus you don't want to deal with. No, thank you. So if you've asked all these questions and answered them honestly, and you don't see any red flags, baby, go for it. Do the love magic. Chase your dreams. Chase, Chase that your man. dreams. And so here are some simple love spells. We got the pink candle spell. This is big. Everyone loves pink candles. So the pink candle, you know, is all about spirituality and love. So pink candle spells make for very strong magic when the intentions behind the spell are pure and dedicated. It's an easy enough as like, you think of your intention. It's about love. You light your candle. That's it. Welcome to the pink candle spell magic. It's easy, okay? If your love is pure and intentions are clear, the pink candle spell will get you the results you want. Boom. Yeah, you gotta be pure of heart. You gotta have a fucking unicorn. Kiss your fucking eyes. I love it. Then there's also a photography spell to strengthen your love for your partner. So this is a spell that happens at midnight and you're gonna take a photo, like a physical photo. You need to go to CVS, print out a physical photo of your partner and you place it in front of you, and behind the photo, you place a red candle. 
So the red candle must be the only source of light in the entire room, which means you are sitting in darkness. I don't know how you're doing the spell, but you are somehow. Because <laughs> this candle's not lit yet. So say what you want to strengthen with your partner. This could be like love and cuddles, defending you against your mother-in-law, sex, whatever it is. What is the thing? Intimacy, quality time together, gift giving, all of that yeah. good shit. Money, diamond bracelets. <laughs> Where is my engagement ring? Trips to far off places. Bora beaches. Bora. Bora Bora, Bali. All of it. So you're going to light the candle. You're going to say what you wish to strengthen with your partner. And then you're going to just pass the photo of your partner around the candle without catching your photo on fire. Don't catch it on fire. Don't touch this fire. Don't extinguish your love. And then keep the photo next to the candle and let it burn until you need to put it out, which could be 10 minutes because it is after midnight. <laughs> I got to go to bed. You're sleepy. Exactly. And then so something I wanted to look at is the love potion. I'm very interested in this. No, me too. So I found some examples of love potions. And one is kind of like what an actual love potion could be now. And there are two accounts that I'm going to read, of course, that is not what a love potion is. So are you ready for that? <laughs> so in a ghastly 1957 case from Vineland, New Jersey, a man was arrested for the murder of a 13-year-old boy. The body had been decapitated and found buried on the farm where the man worked. The murderer told police he had been studying black magic and needed a human skull to make into dust for a love potion to cast spells on women. He showed police where the skull was hanging on a string inside a two-burner kerosene stove in his quarters. He apparently was attempting to dry it out. This is not... This, this didn't work. You know what? It did work. It got this man to prison. Yeah, and nobody loves him in there. He went straight to jail, baby. So you don't need a human skull. In some Pakistani cultures, like back in the past, leather workers were regarded as being the second lowest ranking among the occupational groups. In addition to curing and making leather goods, they are the jack of all trade guys. They work as messengers and guards for higher ranked men. They set bones, they help with large-scale butchery, and they remain useful after death. And so someone had said, the best love magic is the water that has been used to bathe the body of a dead leather worker. Oh my god. What? <laughs> These are crazy. What? You don't have to do this stuff. You can just talk to boys. Is anyone even a leather worker these days? Like, is that a still a profession? I... Is that on LinkedIn? I'm sure there's a YouTube channel or two, but um, I don't touch that. No. No, don't no, fuck no. With that. You can use the bath water of an alive leather worker. So they're putting it in a bath? I'm just very well, yeah, confused. You have to wash the body before you bury it. It's like, a, it's like a symbol of love, right? Preparing it for its next life. We just tossed my dad into a furnace. I don't know. Somebody... <sighs> I'm sure somebody wiped his pits. I don't know. I have no idea. I hope they did. <laughs> and then the real love potion. We've heard all the shitty ones. We don't want to do those. And honestly, murder sounds like way too much work. But what is it? The real love potion number nine. A simple love potion you can make at home. Love that keywords. 
is honey infused with dried rosebuds. Where possible, use local honey and organic, blah, blah, blah. You know, local, baby. Fill a glass jar, one third with rose, and the remaining two thirds with honey. Say your intentions aloud. And then, of course, how you articulate will be very individual. You might say, I welcome love. I welcome self-love. I'm open to romance, kindness, compassion. I pulled that energy forth into this medicine. You label your jar with the date. You let it sit in a cool, dark place. Not in the sun. Cool, dark place. Cabinet. Put it away for later. You shake it every day. So it's in a cool, dark place, but you have to remember it. You can't forget about it. You cannot put this in the back. With the rest of your uh, legumes. With the spices that are like expired. No, thank you. After four to six weeks, you can start to take the honey at least once a day, straight in a spoon, in tea, or on toast, or you could raw dog in and just put it in your mouth. And that is a love potion today. That's beautiful. Is that nice? And roses are an edible flower, so you're not going to kill yourself. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, double check where I don't know where you're buying your roses from. Make sure it's not plastic. (laughs) The dollar store. So one of our questions was about soulmates. So Alicia, do you believe in soulmates? Yeah. Why not? I don't think everyone has to have a soulmate, though. Yeah. But I think sometimes there are just two people where it's like, oh, wow, they were meant to be together. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful and lovely. And they die old and in love. Like in the movie Up, they were soulmates. They were soulmates. Yeah, do you believe in soulmates? Where do you stand? Yeah, I think that the concept that there's one person in the world meant for you, that concept I reject. Yeah, I don't think it makes any sense. But the idea that you could have lots of soulmates, like the idea that like your soul... Or whatever you envision your soul to be, like the spicy Dr. Pepper that lives inside your heart, could like pair naturally and kind of connect naturally to another person. I absolutely believe in that. Mm -hmm. And the concept of soulmates has evolved a lot over the last century. And your relationship to it probably depends on like how you feel about monogamy, uh, platonic love, and commitment. Mm -hmm. A soulmate via the internet. (laughs) As someone who you have a connection with or a compatibility with that seems supernatural, as if you've met your other half. Mm. So it's like, I think often about us meeting each other and hanging out for the first time in my mother's van <laughs> and going to the mall and how we just like fucking aligned. Yeah. Right? Or like when I met Mike Bobrinskoy, the first time I met him, I spent the whole date fucking nigging the shit out of him. And I had never <laughs> nigged a man in my entire life. Like, I just, like, it was just like, oh, this is, like, someone who is my friend. Like, yeah. we just connected. And there have been so many people in my life that I felt that way about and a lot of people I've dated that I have not felt that way about. So this concept of, quote, the other half is pretty common in mythology. It's, it's all over the place. But you probably heard about it from Plato's The Symposium, which is a philosophical text in which a bunch of famous men give speeches on the topic of love and desire. Now, Aristophanes, this playwright from like 400 BC, a gajillion years ago, mm-hmm. tells the story of that there were originally three genders. Mustard, pepper, mayo, pepper, <laughs> ketchup, mayonnaise, yeah. Uh, male, female, and androgynous. We're very progressive. Mm-hmm. The men 
came from the sun, the women from the earth, and the androgynous humans came from the moon. Oh, I love that. I'm very jealous of it. How fun. Now, apparently, these humans were powerful, violent, and very round. (laughs) And because of these powerful, violent, round humans, the gods... Oh, sorry. And because they were powerful and round and violent, these humans sought to overtake the gods. They said, we're bigger. We're plumper. We're better. And Zeus, furious with these humans' prides, he's like, I birthed you. I made you in my image. And how dare you speak to me this way? (laughs) He took his sword. I imagine he had a sword. It didn't really say how he did it, but I imagine it was a really big katana. Yeah. And he chopped them in half so that now... They were two beings. The men became two, the women became two, and the androgynous became two. Now these people, two halves of the same soul, spent their lives looking for their missing piece to become whole. But the actual term soulmate itself comes from the poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge, who doesn't actually say anything interesting in his poem. It's pretty fucking bland. It's not even a poem. (laughs) It's like uh, a letter. Um, but he's basically like, to have a happy marriage, one must have a soul mate. Like the idea that like your soul is connected. It's not about sex. Mm-hmm. It's not about how hot they are. It's like this, like, again, the Dr. Pepper that lives inside your heart. You got to love this, them. Like how you love you. Gotta you got to you got to want to drink that shit every day. Mm-hmm. But this concept of the soulmate is interesting because it alludes to the idea that our connection to someone goes beyond their bodies, that Uh, our lives on this earthly plane, like all of it. This is a spirit connection that you have with somebody. So that was my first question. Where do they come from? Why are we doing this? Why can't we just have a good time and not worry about whether it's forever? Mm -hmm. My second question was, if you believe in reincarnation, does your soulmate always reincarnate with you? Like, will you always meet up? Will it always be romantic? Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I want to fucking... That's what I want. <laughs> now, woo people seem to believe that just because you are involved with someone in this life doesn't mean that you will be in the next, but that their presence in your life will always be some sort of catalyst for something, usually some kind of spiritual awakening. So here's like a wild fucking thing. <laughs> okay. You. Me. Are in love with your secretary. Oh, ooh la la. You have an affair that lasts for years. It's a long time. She finds out she's pregnant. Guess what? You're a man in this situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She finds out she's pregnant. She asks you to leave your wife of 15 years. Must be a family. We'll name him after you. He'll be junior. <laughs> you say no. Typical. I've been with this bitch for 15 years. I'm invested. She threatens to tell your wife. You kill her and you kill yourself. Well, that's Class, dramatic. 1950s tale. It's like... It might as well be an American dream. Oh, my gosh. All right, now you reincarnate. And you are now a kindergarten teacher in Oklahoma named Lauren. And a mom comes in for a parent-teacher conference about her kid who is having behavioral problems. You lock eyes. Souls connect. I killed you in a past life. (laughs) But we were connected. This might cause you to have epiphanies about... Da-da-da-da, trust, sexuality, power, violence, fear, secrets, family, like all of these things that kind of defined your relationship in your past life. 
And whether you like it or not, you are connected. Okay, question. Ready. In our past life, who is the man and who is the secretary? <laughs> I'm 100% the secretary. Yeah, I don't know. Sexy I'm, little thing. Wait, 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 wait. Let's dial it back. Oh! Secretary. The secretary is brave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She knows what she wants. The man, the boss, full of anxiety, rash, emotional. Mm-hmm. It's totally possible that you were the secretary. Oh. Oh, my goodness. You don't want to leave your wife for a baby? <laughs> so rude. Baby. Hugo? I don't know. Hugo. Okay. So there's this idea of soulmates. Mm-hmm. But other soulmates seem to operate differently. So soulmates may not reincarnate with you at the same time. They may not come in the form of a romantic partner. They can be friends, business partners, siblings, best friends, podcast hosts. This connection isn't necessarily a reckoning with your past actions or for the purpose of some kind of spiritual development. We're going to get into that connection in a minute. But a soulmate is a partner, someone who understands you in ways that feel like you are speaking to yourself. And you can meet your soulmate at any point in your life. And they can also leave your sphere at any point in your life. Just because you meet your soulmate doesn't mean they're going to be here forever. Doesn't mean that they're going to be here for a long time or a short time or any time at all. Maybe you miss each other. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. Now, we also have to talk about sort of the, uh, the dark side of soulmates, which is this concept of twin flames. We've, we've sort of touched on it before. Mm-hmm. Do you remember much about it? No, not really. Okay, perfect. Come yeah, on, I mean, I'm ready. So twin flames are like the abusive boyfriend of soulmates. Oh, the bad boyfriend. The idea behind twin flames is it's just like a soulmate, one soul karate chopped into two parts, but when twin flames connect, it's really intense, challenging, and allegedly healing. So let's get into it. Hmm. People say it's such a painful connection because the twin flame is a mirror of our souls, and we hate looking at ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Is that lighting? Top down, like the first season of Mad Men. Oh, yeah. Horrifying. Not good. And it reflects back to you your insecurities, your fear, and that broccolini that's in your teeth. I see it all. Ooh, the pesto. Okay, yeah. It's deep. It's not coming out either. The of it all. Yeah. So here's where it gets sticky. All right, baby witch. Let's say that you think you've met your twin flame. It's this person you feel like you have a soul connection to. You confess your romantic feelings to them. My twin flame, of course. This is my mirror. This is my soul connection. And they reject you. Damn. Cold. Bummer. In the twin flame universe, that is your twin flame mirroring your deep insecurity that you are not lovable. What the fuck? And to heal this part of you, you must continue to aggress onto your twin flame. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. My twin flame just rejected me. Something that no one is allowed to do, and I need to pursue them harder. Exactly. No does not mean no in the Twin Flame universe. Oh, no means go. No means ready, set, (laughs) let's fucking party. Here's just a couple hints, quote hints, that you've met your Twin Flame that I got from mindbodygreen.com, which sounds like a cult. It does, yeah. Here's hint number one. Your relationship fucking sucks. It's tumultuous. Twin Flame relationships aren't all smooth sailing, they say. And actually, they're usually not. 
they have to be bad. What? Basically. This doesn't sound fun. Being with a twin flame is like constantly being confronted by yourself, namely the parts of yourself that you do not like. It is incredibly challenging and it is facilitating major growth for the both of you. I so it's it. hard to be together because you're just too alike. Yeah, that face Alicia's making. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not convinced by this. This sounds like it sucks. Here's another hint. You just can't stay away from each other. You keep coming back together. This quote, the chase is most definitely a part of the twin flame relationship we're going to get into it in a minute. And at some point, one of you is going to walk away. You're like, I'm done. I wash my hands of this out of fear, out of anger, you name it. But you'll often come back together because you just can't get enough of that spicy tamale. Yeah, is the sex just good? Is that what's happening here? I think that's another part of it. I think you're just afraid to be alone. But let's get into the eight stages of the twin flame relationship because they have laid it out for us. God bless. I don't think I want this. You don't, and no one should. But have you ever been, I mean, you know, you've been in a relationship that's like, it's not good. Yeah. It's bad. But it is fucking intoxicating. Oh, for sure. It everything that you know about yourself, all of the worth that you've been building up mm -hmm. for years and years, just like melts away to the tiny nougat of the of the little girl that just desperately wants to be liked. Yeah. And that's what twin flames are. So stage one, yearning. You want a boyfriend? So bad. Aww. You know he's out there. You've been hearing about these soulmates. You know he's out there. This yearning is supposed to prepare you for meeting your twin flame, make you open and receptive to them. So if you are horny, stage one. So if you're desperate? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Stage two, the meeting. You meet them. Got it. Stage three. The honeymoon phase. Now, this is uh, arguably starting to sound like a pretty normal infatuation, right? Mm -hmm. Lovey-dovey, rose-colored glasses, they can do no wrong. Then, boom, stage four, the challenge emerges. Ooh. This little whitehead that's been growing under your skin, it reveals itself. Ooh, just like in Osmosis Jones. It is, and it's going to pop Ugh. on your fifth grade teacher. Gross. Baby witch. Are things getting a little rocky with this little rat face bitch? Mm -hmm. But this isn't just a spat or like a normal sort of like three month itch. It has to be related to something that has to do with your core wounding. Okay. So this is a, some kind of core wounding, like I'm insecure about uh, being too masculine. And so maybe my quote twin flame would activate something about my feeling too masculine. Mm hmm or like if your core wounding is about not being wealthy enough or like, you know, not like having enough wealth, your twin flame would reflect back to you that you are poor. You're always going to be poor. This isn't just like, you've been such a bitch. You're like, you know, or like, I, you know, I'm, I don't know if I really want to have a commitment right now. That's yeah. not it. Okay. It's got to hit the little tiny baby witch inside of you. So this opens up reveals itself to be the test. So I'm gonna quote directly from Mind Body Green. So they say, your love will be put to the test as you start to dive deep into your shadow side. All your insecurities will rear up as you start to question yourself and each other. In this phase, one partner may avoid the other or even abandon the relationship entirely while the other feels emotionally insecure. So this sounds like 
an entirely unhealed person. Yeah, this does not sound good. So then this leads into the chase. So your partner has rejected you. If there has been no separation at all, there's no twin flame. This is the math of it. If your partner doesn't leave you and if you don't leave your partner, it's not magic, it's baby. It's not love. It's, which is <laughs> fucked up because at some point, someone has to leave. And I just kind of feel like if you broke up once. You should stay broke. You should stay broken up. Yeah. Okay. This separation prompts the other party, the person that has been left, to begin aggressively stalking, confronting, and harassing their flame in hopes of triggering the second to last phase, the surrender. So the chase can go on for years. But should the two of you work through all of your triggers, insecurities, and challenges, the people at Mind Body Green say, eventually, you may come back together. So they say, quote, this is the surrender into the relationship and big picture for the both of you. You're meant for each other. You're perfect. Just, you know, forget everything about yourself and everything you want in your life. They say you accept and allow each other to be who you are, flaws and all. And this is where you come back again to the final result, the final stage, which is the coming home stage, which is harmony and balance and love. And let's not talk about the time you followed me all the way to New Orleans when I didn't give you my address and you just like put a tracking device on my car while I tried <laughs> to escape you. Like super normal love. Like, do you see how this like is really fucking problematic? Yeah. This is crazy. It's like beyond toxic. It's like abusive. And so twin flames are marketed like this is your soulmate, basically. Yeah, but it's like this is like the one person. Because twin, that's yeah. just two. I don't think it's worth it. I don't think this is good. No, it's, it's a very immature view of love, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And it's very oh, exhausting. Yeah, a lot of work. Ooh, I feel like we learned a lot. Did you? Tell me. Tell me what you learned. Love magic? Scary. Terrifying. But are you going to do anything for Valentine's Day? Are you going to make a little, put a little honey potion together or anything? I really love this kind of place and bake honey, honey rose potion. Yeah. I also love putting on a red candle and fanning myself with a picture of my beloved. <laughs> it's just a good day. I love a good Valentine's Day. All right, baby. I love you so much. I love you too. And I'm so sorry to do this to you. Let's do it. But I got a do 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 Which is in the news. Yay! Oh, it's right, David. Hey. All right. These are short stories, so we're going to blast through this. Our first one is the Nancy Pelosi exorcism. You heard that right. Nancy Pelosi exorcism. Her or her house? Well, we'll get in there. Alexandra Pelosi, daughter of former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, informed the media that her mother allegedly had priests attempt an exorcism at her San Francisco home in January. Nancy is a devout Catholic, which I didn't realize, but crazy. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. And after the attack on her husband's life, where a man entered their home this past October and attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer, which is very scary... Nancy has decided her house would be safest if she sent it over to the power of God to protect her and banish any lingering evil. Which at that point, I'm like, I kind of get it, you know? That's pretty scary. Yeah. That's your home. It's fucking horrifying. Have you seen the videos? They, like, released no. the videos last week. I don't watch videos of violence. Oh, it's fucking insane. Yeah, I'm sure it's crazy. It's so sad. Paul Pelosi's skull was fractured in the October home invasion, and he 
to this day is still recovering. And the guy who did it, David DePape, is awaiting trial on attempted murder charges because he reportedly told police he intended to kidnap and harm Nancy Pelosi because she was second in line to the presidency. Obnoxious. She was also like on her way out of there. It's stupid. But Nancy was in Washington, D.C. at the time. She wasn't even around. So he breaks into their home, attacks her husband. All very, very scary. The exact nature of the exorcism was not revealed or... It was not revealed if an actual exorcism even took place. This is something they just heard from the daughter. And Mm -hmm. personally, I'm like, you know, we've talked about exorcisms. They're kind of like weird and freaky and scary. But if you think that's going to help you sleep at night, fucking go for it, you know? Yeah, that's definitely how I feel about it. And it's not on like a person. It's like on a place. So just like sprinkle some holy water, pray, call it a day. You just tell the spirits, get out of here. Get the fuck out of my house. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Exactly. Our next story, speaking of Catholics, is a Catholic counselor loses her job because of witches. Okay, all right. You ready? In Pennsylvania, of course. It's in Pennsylvania. Our enemy. A career and college counselor invited three Wiccan business owners to speak at North Catholic High School about starting a small business. This was actually very nice and genuine and... Nothing weird, no strings attached, not trying to do anything. And apparently everything was fine and good. The Wiccans came. They talked about their witchy shop. They sell, you know, crystals, tarot cards, all that good stuff. And they were just talking about operating a local business to a marketing class of juniors and seniors. And before they left, they wanted to give the kids a gift, like a nice little gift for like having been invited. And so the witchy business owners gave each student a small crystal. And the students could pick out, they brought a bunch of crystals. They're like, use your left hand, pick the crystal that, you know, you vibe with, all of that. But apparently, these Catholic school kids are just a bunch of narcs. Oh, I fucking knew it. And they went to the school's administration saying that something just didn't feel right about these women leaving their crystals. And so over the winter break, the administration conducted an investigation, consulted with the diocese, and sent an email of apology to the parents and guardians advising them to return or dispose of the crystals. And they advised them to recite the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel to cleanse their homes. Fucking wet ass blankets. I know. Apparently that's not all the administration did. They also placed the counselor on administrative leave after the incident and then gave her the option to resign. The counselor said that she had no intention of imparting the beliefs of these women onto the students of North Catholic. But, you know, when you're offered to resign, that's them saying you should resign so that we don't fire you. You know, I feel like you should get fired and get some of that unemployment. I know. Make them fire you. Make them do it. Yeah. Take the shame. It's fine. If anti-work has taught me nothing, is that make them fire you. Oh, for sure. That's so crazy. Is that crazy? That's so disappointing. I mean, the kids don't know that they're being little fuckheads. No, like, they have sucks. to know. You know you're a narc by age 16, 17, 18. You totally know. I don't know. If you are hyper-indoctrinated into that world, Michael Rinskoy tells me a story of, like, a woman that he took to prom because he went to an all-boys school and they had, like, a sister all-girls school. Mm-hmm. And they're in the car. A child he has barely met. She asked him, 
to go to prom or like a Sadie Hawkins dance. Yeah. She asks him, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Michael Brinscoy, he says, flying. Cool. Obviously, it's the best one. Yeah. She goes, I would want to have the power to kill any woman that wanted an abortion like that. Wow. Isn't that nuts? But I feel like that's different. Because that's definitely something you're like raised to think. You aren't raised to think with media and everything that you should walk yourself over to the principal's office and tell the principal anything. That's what I mean. I'm like, they literally went out of their way. I mean, maybe an adult also, a parent called or something. But it seems like the kids went out of their way to narc that they were like, maybe these witches, I don't know. We have crystals. I'm 15. That's a narc. These kids fucking suck. And they're a bunch of virgins. Okay, I'm ready for the next one. A hundred percent. To who is not a virgin, we are talking about Shakira Shakira. So Shakira recently has sent fans into a frenzy, which we love, after she put up a witch mannequin on her house's balcony, which reportedly faces her ex, Gerard Peake's mother's home. So she also was heard around the Barcelona neighborhood blasting her new song from inside her apartment at full volume. So she is being a reckless fucking neighbor right now. The worst. The worst. According to viral videos... A life-size witch doll in black attire and gray hair and, you know, the pointy hat can be seen standing on the star's balcony. And so as for the song, the lyrics are of a new diss track and they're seemingly aimed at the football star's new girlfriend. So she's trying to get back at her fucking ex. I love this. Vicious. It is believed that Gerard's mother has even asked one of Shakira's assistants to have the witch removed because she knows that witch is looking towards her home and it's weird and it's not that far from her. Shakira did not move the witch then, but when a film crew came around to take video of the witch, Shakira did have her assistants put the witch inside. However, it was reported that when the camera crew left, the witch came right back outside. We are up in this brujeria. She is not having it. Isn't she also like in trouble for tax fraud so she has too much to worry about anyway oh yeah why are you being petty okay i'm looking at a video on twitter of this witch isn't it funny it's got some hands oh yeah it's got them gnarly little witch hands it's kind of creepy oh for sure and with the music playing it's very unsettling and this has been witches in the news Ooh, ah a oh so sexual so sensual. And let's get into this sensual energy. Let's move into our final part of our episode, which is the spell. Ooh. So this is a spell for magnetism. I got it from Sean Robbins' Wikipedia. So it's like Wikipedia. That's cute. So here's what you're going to need. One, the moon. Okay. She's always there. Sometimes she's not. So, so This is true. So preferably she's going to be in her like big bodacious full moon stage. Mm-hmm. But I think most moons as long as she's around it's helpful two a small drawstring bag not too big you're gonna have to carry it with you for a while so don't make it cumbersome got it. three a small magnet four a red candle not too big you're gonna be burning it <laughs> and you don't want it to take forever yeah can't wait forever five i didn't write this down but probably a little bowl of water in case the candle gets out of hand and then six some lipstick or chapstick or like a box of mints or something just something that would be feasible that you would carry with you to the club or the bar or like the poetry reading you're going to but it also has to be able to fit inside this drawstring bag so 
Baby witches, this spell is so easy. You're going to love me forever. I'm ready. Before you go out for the evening to get fucking railed. Let's go. Into oblivion. You're going to take your magnet, your red candle, your drawstring bag, your fucking audacity. <laughs> You're going to put all of it on the altar. Light your red candle and set your favorite lipstick, chapstick, whatever, next to the candle, right? Boom. Here it is. Light the red candle. I already said that. And then you're going to say this incantation or something like it. So this night I will shine. I look divine. And all through the evening, the glamour is mine. Ooh, get it. Which is really just like a rhyming affirmation. So just vocally affirm to yourself that you are magnetic. People want to know you. People want you. You are glamorous. You light up a room. You're a fucking baddie. Just be like, this is who I am. And who I am is who is I a am. fucking knockout. Yeah. I am a smoke show. Now keep getting ready while your candle burns. And when you're ready to head out, blow it out. Grab your lipstick, magnet, throw them inside this drawstring bag and carry it with you along with the rest of your fucking shit your fucking rape whistle, <laughs> wherever you're going. And whenever you need a little sort of boosty boost of confidence, go ahead and throw on that chapstick or pop that mint in your very cool magical bag. And that's it, baby. Ooh, because I you like are it. the fucking sunshine. I heard this word today. Mm -hmm. It's literally the most magical word I've ever heard in my life. Ooh, I'm excited. I learned this from Gilly Shine, who is my favorite wizard. Mm -hmm. Baby witches, you are an apricity. Ooh. An apricity is the warm sunlight on a cold winter's day. Oh. And every time I'm in your presence, you fucking apricity all over my face. <laughs> You're glowing. You're glowing and it warms us all. And babies, that's it. I love it. I don't got time for more of this. I don't got time for love. I'm a business bitch. Well, we would love to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod for the music that we use in our intro and outro each week. Thanks, Kevin. We'd also like to thank anyone who has written us an Apple podcast review or subscribed to our channel on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. But baby witches, please leave five stars wherever you're putting your stars these days. Say something nice. And if you want to find me, Alicia, I'm on Instagram at Alicia period herder. And if you want to find Tara, me, you can find me at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or you, if you want to see pictures of um, Alicia and I partying, you can go to underscore little moss. That's my private Instagram. I love it. We are on Instagram at which yes, share an episode in your stories, tag us, and we'll feature you on our stories. You can also head over to our discord that's in our show notes. If you have a question about witchcraft and just want to have a community, baby, this is the place to go. Hit up that discord. And if you don't like any of the socials, you can contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. And if you can't get enough witches, I can't. If you're like, I really could use 30 more hours. 30 hours. That's crazy. It you can find us on Patreon, $5 Patreon, which is and above are getting two extra episodes a month. $10 and above get access to our close friends list and more. Plus, you get to ask us questions and early access to a ton of exciting stuff. And I guess this has been Witch Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. I did that one. Remember? <laughs> <laughs>